Hello everyone. We're on a brand new episode of Unbuttoned India, the podcast where three of us, Pixie, Mojo and Cherry come together to talk about topics that are dear and near to our hearts. Everything ranging from sex, sexuality and intimacy. I'm joined by my dear dear friends, Pixie. Hello there. And Cherry. Hiya. <laughs> All right, are we ready for Absolutely. to have another good conversation hopefully Let's find out what the topic is okay. for today mojo mm-hmm. so we've taken a chit out of our little pouch that's right and today's topic is what's your type Ayo, blood type <laughs> <laughs> no human human type human type what is your yeah. you know, like uh, who are you attracted to generally in life mm. like uh, emotionally physically mentally what else financially <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure, they're all. Sure. I mean, that is a type. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's definitely a type. So I have a um, a lovely story about how I realized that I had a type. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started to actively date, and with each date, I kind of was starting to see that I had a type. Before that, I would say I felt like oh, I don't have a type really. Um, as long as you know someone I can have a conversation with, that's good. But then I realized that I did have a type. and the type was men who are bald <laughs> okay um in any like you know not completely bald a little bald but i had this thing about bald heads like even if they had fashioned it so like yeah. they don't actually have male pattern balding no oh. and, like just mm-hmm. bald heads <laughs> um and i realized this because at one point i found that um as i was meeting more people the ones who i wanted to meet on a second date or like felt like my body was kind of getting attracted towards them they were all bald mm-hmm. so then once i figured this out especially on dating apps like tinder and everything right where you have pictures i also realized that i was swiping right <laughs> on bald men so yeah that was a kind of a, a realization that i had so it was unconscious like i was unconsciously doing this but then as i saw my own pattern i found out that i actually had a type until now in fact when i see bald men i'm like ooh that's my type yeah, that's, that's my, my type, type. <laughs> he's good looking yeah um so yeah that's kind of a type that i've discovered that i have yeah oh what's my type like I'm in that phase uh, pixie like you said uh, the initial phase or phase where you're thinking oh I don't have a type but I do know like subconsciously there is a type because some of my friends point out like people I kind of end up either hooking up hooking with. up with or even like dating briefly whatever physically I I think they're all generally good looking not bad looking or whatever what is good looking and bad looking <laughs> I don't know anymore but you know there is a type there there easy on the eyes somewhere mm-hmm. some way <laughs> what is easy on the eyes <laughs> now i'm questioning my life guys that's that's exactly what yeah. so tell yeah. us a little bit more like yeah like i think i'm into beards uh, okay. so except maybe one person didn't have a beard but i was attracted to them but so there are beards and there are beards and so is it like a beard no, no, no. or is it just like a nice yeah nice, nice towel yeah mm-hmm. yeah and um, what else i think for me i get past the looks pretty quickly i think it's a very minimal barrier to minimum barrier to entry then it becomes a lot of the other things the emotional are they caring um, are they kind 
um, and all of those become a big aspect. So initial part is whatever. There is a little bit attraction at least physically. Whatever. Um, I think I get over it pretty soon, and then it becomes all these aspects. And I think more and more in the last couple of years, I've been saying somebody who's done the work, and you know, I keep bringing that up. <laughs> but basically, what I mean is somebody who is um, who has reflected because people who are aware of themselves. There is a certain beauty and charm that mm-hmm. they bring to conversations, and I think I'm instantly attracted to them, like people who know themselves in some ah, way. Who and so exude that kind of self awareness and confidence. Yeah, yeah. So, but just to keep the topic to, if it was just at first blush, mm. literally, what makes you blush? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, in that sense, then it's still the physical traits of beard and. Kind of nice looking. Yeah, I think yeah, and some people sometimes you. I mean, there are exceptions, but mostly people who take care of themselves. I think in some way, like when you know somebody who's well groomed, well kept, hygiene. Hi, yeah, for you. So like a metro section, (laughs) right? Yeah. Isn't that what? I mean, haven't heard that word be used in a long time. Yeah. Metrosexual. Yeah. Maybe it's because more people have gotten into grooming and taking care of themselves that it's nothing to remark yeah. on. But perhaps that's what... Perhaps. Well, right? But also, it can't be too put together. Like, you know, somebody ah. who is like super manicured, super mm-hmm. like everything is put together. That is also a little... little rough around yeah. the edges. <laughs> yeah. Just right. It should be just right. Like, they take care <laughs> so of themselves just, but not too much. So just like you. <laughs> yeah. So, you're pretty much... <laughs> that, you're pretty much you. <laughs> you know, that brings me to such an important, like, point in terms of... Important to me because that's what I keep thinking about. Like, a lot of times, this whole, like, I'm attracted to this person... Is it really I'm attracted to this person or do I want to be them? You know, a lot of times mm. people I'm attracted to have qualities that I aspire to or I want to have that and I want to be that. So a lot of times I question and it more philosophically also this whole mm-hmm. topic of when you love somebody or you hate somebody, it speaks nothing about that person but really yes. about yourself. So, you know, like, on a, you know, yeah, I keep thinking deep. about that. That's yeah. deep. It's Absolutely. Deep. Projections. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's starting to get into the realm of how do you maintain maybe attraction, right? What keeps mm. your interest going is all of the other human stuff, maybe. I mean, if, if we care about that, then that's yeah. what will keep us, that's the glue that will keep us together. And you're caring and you're kind, and I think those are all lovely yeah. traits. Uh, but but it could be that caring, showing that you're caring is something that turns somebody on. And, that's what's attractive regardless of how you look, how you speak, what your background is, yeah, and all of that. So we're attracted to maybe some other physical traits is mm. what you both have sort of shared. Well, that made me think about uh, what I'm attracted to. And as somebody who has uh, a fairly weird experience with you know having crushes, the act of being attracted to body and the physical traits and stuff, when I say weird, I mean that inexistent, non-existent. In that, I don't know, I don't think for you know huge swaths of my life that I've had those feelings. More recent years, uh, I have started to feel attraction. So I think I'm just on a different timeline, you know. And so now suddenly like male body has started to seem attractive to me. Mm. Um, and there's a certain body type that I've realized. And I don't think this is unique at all. 
by no means. And it's that in in between body type. Like is that super muscular where you're an athlete, like a bodybuilder athlete? Nor are you. It's not quite the long distance runner type mm. slash yoga type. You mm. know that lean, clean, healthy looking types. But you know, little bit of meat, little tennis scenes, little you know racquetball kind yeah. of soccer like football body. You know, I want something. And I realized that I really, really love carbs. Mm. So, oh, yeah. so carbs <laughs> specifically, I find yeah. attractive. And uh, this is like college days when it, I realized that. And it's all these college athletes. And I realized that carbs will do it. I first look down there. Nothing else really matters. So I don't know if that's a type here. But I in this new thing of me feeling attracted to people for superficial traits uh, or at all. Um, yeah, I realized that this really strange part of the body, you know, and its contours attracts me. That's so fascinating to me. I'm just looking at my own calves right now and being like, oh, I've never thought of you as an interesting body part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I found myself staring at a lot of like calves. Ah. Yeah. But I mean, and then later I've caught up with the idea of butts. And you know how people mm. have different ways in which we talk about butts, like it's a tight butt, or it's a small butt, it's a round butt. I honestly Boring. did not know what those meant. Like, I didn't know what I was supposed to be looking for, and I didn't know which word matched with what. And should I be, is that what the tight butt is? Is that what it looks like if it were to be tight? Mm. Uh, but now I'm starting to appreciate what that is, because apparently I have feelings for physical body type. But up in the, if we were going up to the face, because that's the first thing maybe we look at, apart from looking at calves. Um, is uh, I guess a beard. I'm with you, Mojo. Mm. I like a beard, and I like it. Um, doesn't matter really what size. I think I don't know if I have a type, yeah. subtype, but I would say beard for sure. And then to marry that with Pixie, your thing about bald heads, I I don't mind those. I don't know if I proactively needed to be bald, uh, but you know, yeah. But beard is yeah. a proactive thing. I'm okay. like, yeah. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about kissing a face with a beard. And I don't have a problem with that. Mm. With facial hair. There. Wow. That's, that's big coming from you because a lot of people also associate beards with, you know, like if, especially like a hygiene. Like hygiene. Yeah. That's so, exactly. so, so definitely my, my behavioral type for sure is somebody like you yeah. said who, you know, does the upkeep mm. of keeping away bacterial colonies. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there things that you're not attracted to, Cherry? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so yeah, exactly. That's a great question, Mojo. And I have to say that there's uh, a kind of... Uh, the different... I mean, the globe is full of diverse people. All shapes and sizes and colors and whatnot. And I have to say that I don't think I ever thought I would be. And I continue not to be proactively. It came into question in college, though. Uh, blonde mm. and uh, or uh, redhead mm. like they were so far out of my and there was so much a part of books that I read and characters that I had read about but it, in no way was something that I ever thought I could envisage as you know being attracted to even in like the rom- romance novels like Mills and Boone and stuff it was often the dark head Irishman or whatever, whatever, right? Green-eyed or whatever it is. So it could be white and different eye color, but somehow blonde hair and or red hair is... So when I went to college, 
which ended up having a lot of that type of people. Uh, nothing, zip. But I have to say that the usual experience the other way around where they say, oh my God, you all look the same. They all look the same to me and I just did not find any of them attractive. I mean, I wanted to question that as well. Like, where did that come from? Mm. Because that's also some sort of condition. Somewhere, somehow, I've somehow dissociated with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. But I just don't have that. And I know, I know we get into murky areas of preference versus prejudice. Mm. And that's something for us to think about. Mm-hmm. But that's where I am. You guys, any, any things where you're like, yeah, for sure, that doesn't do it for me. So one of the stories that comes to mind when you share this story is I grew up in a East Asian country and when we were growing up, we were often told that we couldn't date or marry someone outside of like, like you're Indian, the Indian world, right? Um, and um, so I remember growing up that I never felt attracted to any East Asian men. And automatically, a lot of my crushes um, and all of that were from people from the Indian community. And I wondered, like many years after that, I wondered why it was that I wasn't attracted to East Asian men. Was it because um, there was some level of conditioning? And, uh, you know, when you're young and people keep telling you, you're not allowed to date this community, you're not allowed to get married to this community. Was there some kind of just like, you know, that world... um, is something that I can't venture into. And because of that, I never allowed myself even to feel attracted to someone from that community. But yeah, now though, like, I'm still not attracted. And I, I really question where some of this is, is coming from. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it was just so taboo. For sure. Yeah. I, I would say that it has a lot to do. I've been thinking about this as well, about mm. East Asian, Asian men. So whether... Japanese, Korean, Chinese, any of you know Southeast Asian, anyone you know which that shares certain features or whatever, uh, what have you, uh, and I I realized that I uh, you know there was a time that I spent some time in Cambodia, and there I mean you know it's like I said I like beards, but there there is a so there is a sort of uh, almost a genetic trait where you can't grow a beard, where you can't grow facial hair, and so you have a lot of men who don't. And I also didn't, I wasn't in a headspace to be attracted to anyone per se, let alone like regardless of anything to do with the people over there. But I, I encountered during my time there, incidentally, the idea of the East Asian that can grow hair. Mm. Something in movies or something, I don't remember, but it happened to be during that time. And my gosh, I just, I just found that super attractive. Now I wonder if it was just because it's rare. Mm-hmm. There, or maybe I was in a place where that was a re- that would have been a rarity had it happened. But in movies or something, I think it was some Japanese movie or something, and this guy had his full beard or a full like mustache, and my goodness, I just thought it was so hot. And this is again those years when suddenly I was starting to realize I was feeling physical attraction. Mm. And uh, so I realized, yeah, we don't see it enough. Maybe it's because it's rare that I first found it attractive, but even the idea of being exposed enough to having visuals in front of me that this is hot, like an Asian body can be ripped and cut. Mm. Because you don't see that enough, they usually depict it as something X. Mm. And so seeing that, and then also looking at, because I was there, suddenly Korean culture was really huge there. And so why were they super attracted to that? 
and these are like fairly often effeminate sort of men or body types and like gaga over these people and their hair and like that's what they were looking at hairstyle and fashion and things so I was trying to like shift my brain to see what am I missing here like why am I not seeing this as attractive mm. um, and so I think something shifted because the more I was exposed to certain imagery then I was like huh I guess yeah this Absolutely. is attractive right? yeah when you were saying that what came to mind was just like in the recent years how like especially because we're watching a lot of these Hollywood movies and mm-hmm. Bollywood movies and all of that um, just representation matters so much. Like yeah, when absolutely. crazy rotations came and suddenly I was considering like Henry yeah. Golding and I was like, why haven't I considered this could be a type, right? Like suddenly he just opened up like new avenues of, wow, my world is much bigger than what I imagined it to be. But uh, going back to the earlier question of what, um, you know, the question of what you're not attracted to, I have like a... Uh, interesting experience that I had uh, to share. So this was, I was in um, uh, Rome. I was getting to the city and I booked myself an Airbnb. And even before I got to the place, I was chatting with the host and it was kind of like bordering on the flirtatious kind of a thing. This person was like, oh, I'm excited to see you. And I was like, I didn't know what to expect. So even I was kind of excited, all of that. So I was looking forward to it and the person offered to come and pick me up from the airport, all of that. And when I saw the person in the airport, this person happened to be a little person, right? Um, And suddenly something snapped for me, like, and I was no longer even considering, you know, pursuing this. And it really made me question, like, Mm. what are my prejudices and... and what am I bringing? Like, I did not even consider or explore this even further. So, yeah, something to think about. I, I, I don't know. Really questioning what we are actually attracted to. Like, I think it's much beyond the physical. But I think even to get to that point, uh, I think there are so many, like, mental barriers that we have that we have to consciously and, you know, kind of break down. Yeah, very unconsciously also sometimes. Mm. Where it's just... You don't even recognize that this is yeah. this is something that's happened. I have yeah. a very similar story to yours. In fact, I was uh, chatting with someone online and um, we moved our discussion to WhatsApp and we were having a pretty decent conversation. Um, and at one, one point of time, um, this individual sent me a picture. And in the picture, I can see that he's a little person. And I really paused because I wasn't so sure whether I would be... I really question like whether am I attracted to this individual and the harsh reality was that I wasn't mm. and so I went down this like huge I mean we continued to talk and at some point it kind of fizzled out because clearly I wasn't proactively having this conversation with this individual it sh- it shook me to the it, it shook me because it made me really question how I'm being like who I'm being attracted to and how I make those choices like are there some things that are very deeply unconscious that make my decisions for me? Mm. You know, like say, for example, sometimes I think about people on the street and I'd be like, you know, like you, I don't, I don't look at those individuals from an attraction point of view at all. So has like, are there some things that are happening in my brain that just disregard certain parts of mm. certain parts of society? Um, and really like I, it's something that I became so conscious of as I was meeting people because now I realized. So I would go back and like question myself. Okay, why is it that I'm not attracted to 
this person. And a very similar thing happened with someone who was dark-skinned, like extremely dark-skinned. And I found that I was not attracted to this person. And again, I went down this rabbit hole being like, okay, why am I not attracted to this person? And is it the skin color? Mm-hmm. And I think some of it is true. I think I myself have prejudices that are that have now become clear to me how in how I was choosing people to date and who I was attracted to. So yeah, there are some harsh realities that I guess you encounter yeah. along the way. And I, I feel like, yeah, it's I was quite sad mm. that that was, that was my yeah, conclusion. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I consider myself generally like, inclusive open and you know want to get to know individuals but some way i was actually quite upset with myself that i that i couldn't take this forward yeah and that there was something stopping me so yeah i, I it's it's something that still troubles me yeah it's so nice that we're having this conversation because it sort of breaks down this whole concept of what is attraction right because mm. i think growing up we are all made to believe that something happens like this whole kuch kuch hota hai you know this whole attraction oh, yeah. is Something, Something happened, magical. but you can't like yeah. put words, put it down to words, but it, you can if you actually break it down. And <laughs> right, yeah, there is so right. much unconscious bias that's mm, kind of like so made its way in there. So I'm, I'm just glad that we're having this conversation. Yeah. I have this other story <laughs> because I think this, this came from me being attracted to someone, but someone else making a comment and me being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be attracted. So this was much early on in my, yeah. in my uh, life. I think I was in my late... Uh, teens early 20s and we were on a train I, I want to say we were going somewhere from Maharashtra to like UP or something I can't remember but we we're on this train a bunch of young people and there was this TT conductor that walked by and now TT conductors I've never seen a young person be a TT conductor yeah. I've always seen someone who's relatively like in their mid 40s 50s um, so this person was quite young like maybe in the 20s or early 30s was tall and I still remember like what he was like his, the jacket and he was just very like um, humorous when he was speaking to us and charming charming yeah and uh, I kind of was just like staring yeah. you know and I didn't realize I was staring but one person who was with me my friend he looked at me and he just nudged me on the elbow and was like huh? you like the titi one no you like the titi guy huh and I was just like um Huh? <laughs> like I just was so caught off guard yeah. but the reaction that like just the way he nudged me I, I made me feel like oh no no I, sh- I you know I can't be attracted to this to this mm. person um, and then obviously that's the other part of questioning which is class and occupations and like are there things in there that also you know you you don't allow yourself to be yeah, yeah. attracted to someone <laughs> when you said that like uh, I remembered uh, an experience where uh, again this was in Punjab, uh, I'd gone for a wedding in somewhere uh, in Moga, this little village in uh, Punjab. But, um, and then we had to, we missed our flight, so we had to take a cab from uh, there to Delhi. And the cab driver, like in those few hours, like I mentally I had like a relationship with this person because really this person was so charming and so like had an opinion and was so, uh, and was so caring, like they knew what to do and all of that. So, yeah, it also brings me to this other point. And when you were saying this, uh, Pixie, just like, ooh, about how much we care about other people's opinions. Like, you know, what would my friends mm-hmm. be okay with me being with this person? What would my friends say? Or what would, like, other people say? You know, somewhere, I think it's subconsciously that seeps into the 
decision or to this attraction as well. So, like, if if you point blank ask me, I'd be like, no way. It's all about me and my, you know, decision. But there's just so many other factors that come into it as well. What are you thinking, Cherry? You know, I've been thinking about the idea of so-called, um, you know, the the class divide. Not so-called. That's not so-called. I mean, so-called preference and how it works with class. And where once I, you know, I was just being super brutally honest with myself, and I was thinking about it, and I have to say that I realized I am classist. Mm. But I realized what I mean, even mm. much like you were saying, Dixie. Um, you know, I, I like to think of myself as somebody who's or welcoming or inclusive and supposedly don't see those divisions except of course when you have to fight them and dismantle it but point is like from an individual basis I'm not judging anyone based on that so I think the difference I realized was judging versus being attracted to so I'm not judging I'm not saying that you're beneath me or you're lower than mm. me or whatever but somehow it is there you know because I'm not attracted I don't see you as um somebody that I'm getting attracted to because I realize that what I'm attracted to inherently has class like a correlation mm. meaning you're educated mm. right you are speaking and I, I realize I'm not a language like it doesn't have to be educated in English at least that's not where I'm coming from you could be nerding out in your own language you could be educating me in some way uh, so somebody who's self-learning and wants to know things about the world, could be any regional language in India, all of that would still be attractive to me. But in India today, you're, it's an unlikely correlation that you'll find somebody who is trying to make food happen on a daily basis. Roti kapra makan doesn't have the time to sit and wax eloquent and talk philosophy and get into the pursuit of knowledge just for that right i mean mm. that in that sense you will find that there is that sort of an education uh, privilege kind of divide and for that reason there's a certain class that i will not be attracted to because the nerdiness is what i'm looking for and you're unlikely to find that today now were we to fix that we have a lot to work on in india and stuff so if we fix that maybe it would change so i realized finally the outcome is that i'm kind of classist Finally, mm. so to speak. But it's not coming from a place of inherent my being a classist, but that my choices end up being classist because there's that divide. And, you know, so as you think about your, the TT collector or uh, the taxi driver or the bus conductor or whatever, I mean, if we were to find that there were some, you know, going for uh, open mic night and sharing their poetry with the world or something, I think I might find... Yeah. Oh, wow, I would be attracted still, but that's unlikely, right? And so it makes me sad though. It makes me mm. sad to realize that, oh, so you do have some sort of this divide in your mind. Mm. But uh, yeah. I want to I say that that's, preju- that's preference rather than prejudice, That, but that just makes me feel better. I don't know, <laughs> but I have to continue to reflect on this though. Yeah. yeah. Well, while we're talking uh, about what's your type, I think also it's also important to consider that uh, once in a while, uh, someone comes along that totally dismantles our idea and that also attracts us to them even more, like some something we've not been exposed to. Or, you know, for example, this whole, uh, I'm attracted to the bad boy. Like, because consciously, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not, attract- that's not somebody I would go for. But along comes somebody who just changes uh, this whole thing. So, do both of you have opinions on what that is? Like, sometimes somebody comes and 
really changes the way you think about mm-hmm. yeah this. but i mean the bad boy trope is kind of it's a trope it's yeah. a common this idea that oh we can fix the, i mean you are the one that will then fix you i mean they they talk about that being mm. a tendency across uh, the female kind I, yeah maybe it's across all kinds mm. but they are the ones who get stereotyped for mm. going for the bad boy and then the nice guy gets left on the side and then there's a lot of all kinds of yeah. rubbish like entitlement and feeling bitter and all rubbish but but the point is that uh, there seems to be some attraction to uh, people who flout the rules mm. maybe as because we think of them as having some streak of independence and confidence yeah. to go against the grain and so maybe that's what we're really attracted to but the manifestation is the bad boy mm. uh but i have to say that um, somebody being uh, somebody flouting rules just just for the sake of it not because they actually believe in it yeah uh, i don't find that attractive somehow it has to be based on some rational or something um or like they they know what they're doing it's not yeah. just a stylistic thing that they've learned that this is how we need to be like be be an asshole to other people to look aloof and cool i mean that would straight up not attract me at all yeah. so i don't know in that sense whether mm-hmm. i have any but it's you know like i said earlier those behavioral things which is like being inclusive yeah i mean i will go to bed with you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know whether this will answer your question but i guess the one thing that that has happened to me is this i always thought that i would never be attracted to uh, or rather i could be attracted to married men but i wouldn't do anything to uh, bring that attraction anywhere like i wouldn't actually do anything with that attraction during my dating days i did encounter someone who was married and i was really attracted to this person and uh, this person was in an open relationship so i was like ooh okay maybe this can be you know i i was questioning myself a lot and obviously i i you know as because i already had my very like oh not going to do anything with a married person i you know asked all the questions that i wanted to ask like you know does your partner know does like all kinds of questions that you could think of that would make me feel comfortable in going forward because i was really attracted to this man and um as i did this i started to like question my own values somewhere here you know because I remember thinking one time like this was when I still hadn't made the decision about whether I would do anything with this person and um it was an open relationship so it would just really be like no strings attached kind of thing but I remember really I still vividly remember I was sitting on my bed and I was reflecting on okay so this person's married um they're saying they're an open relationship they're saying that their partner knows about this there's no way for me to actually find out whether the partner knows about this or not so i don't know if this this person's cheating or not but then like going down that rabbit hole and then coming to the conclusion of actually i want this this is something that i want what's happening between this person and their partner is up to them i have nothing like i'm not going to get into that so therefore i will go ahead and make this happen for myself yeah. right exactly right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I was just but I think that was something that I just realized that I had I have these very strong ideas and these strong beliefs and this person came along and because of how this person was or looked and and spoke I kind of dismantled some of my own beliefs and I and after that I was just like yeah okay then this is something that I, that I would be quite comfortable doing in fact yeah um but yeah it, it really dismantled some of 
my very sort of strong values and beliefs that I had because some of it I think uh, are inherent uh, inherited values that you have or just certain beliefs of conditioning societal conditioning I had never questioned those values so I feel like that that op- that example or that story gave me an opportunity to question it for myself and see where I where I sort of uh, on that spectrum where did I want to be yeah anyway this was a great place that the you know reflection that the topic took us to Mojo Nanza picking this out of the pouch. Yeah. Well done to fates. Um, but you're still continuing to reflect on why it is we have landed on certain preferences, checking in whether they are prejudices. Mm. Um, and, you know, revisiting them, revising, and trying yeah. to expose ourselves to more so that we know for sure it is a preference, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. Discover your types. Explore. Question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you know? I'm gonna start this time, guys. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there was a study done in India of Indians? Mm-hmm. It was done in a university elsewhere um, that looked into trends, macro trends preferences about uh, intercaste, like marrying intercaste. And what this study did is that they looked at more than three lakh profiles on this matrimonial site where it matters a great deal, right? Like on the Mm. first page itself, you're stating what your interest is. And there's been a statistically significant uptick in people saying that they're open to it. And that's kind of cool. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. I mean, it goes on to, the study goes on to say that Yes, that's true, that most of the people, like a lot of people are starting to show that they're into and open to caste no bar, so to speak. And then talking about how, uh, you know, as they go into interpreting this, also, you know, commenting on how one of the things that might be underpinning this is the idea that individuals are realizing they're doing, they're getting married for themselves. Mm. You know how it's super Indian to be like, it's actually families getting married and so that matter really to what your family thinks. Mm. And so it's more likely that your family is going to be pushing you for a certain set of criteria. But when the individual is deciding, they're taking into consideration more things like, you know, I want the person to be funny. Or, you know, the things that all of us love and, you know, of the nation are thinking about. So that's kind of fun to think that some of these really deep-seated issues that we have had and continue to have in India, it's by no means solved. But it's heartening to see that this is a trend. Mm. Yeah, that's a very positive yeah. and forward like you know something to be hopeful about as, as things change which leads me to my did you know fact which is really around the psychology of attraction so um, there are apparently five main factors so the first factor is proximity how near you are to someone and how often you see them second factor is similarity how like you they are for example do you share similar interests or values Reciprocity, we're more likely to like people who like us. Physical attractiveness, are they pleasing to look at, for example. Familiarity, we like people who seem comfortable to us. So I think, you know, basis of what Cherry said, that as our own definition of what is um, familiar, similar, uh, what are we looking for in individuals expand, we tend to also look beyond what maybe our parents looked for when they were seeking to, to meet someone or to marry someone. Yeah, so you mean like 
Now people are looking at, oh, are they funny? Do they like the same kind of things that I like? It's more familiarity rather than caste or color and or state or, cultures, or culture yeah. and all of that. So the definition of what is familiar is changing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. While Pixie, what you spoke about was so much about the other person and um, their relationship to you. Um, did you know? So much of what's happening in this whole attraction business is what's happening within, like mm. at a bodily level, physiological, physiological level. level, right? For us, like everything from the sound um, that we hear, the uh, the voice, uh, the quality of voice, the smell of the person, and really the impact that's happening on you in terms of the hormones that are being, you know, everything from pheromones to um, all the hormones that are in inside you, like. For example, uh, this article I was looking at says um, oxytocin gets uh, released and that's the one that makes you feel like, oh, I'm falling for somebody, you know? Mm, right. um, and this whole dopamine, which is just this sort of like elated feeling of elation that when you're really attracted to somebody. Um, so really a ton of hormones that are at play when we say, oh, I'm really attracted to this person. Did you also know that how symmetric the person's face is, is also apparently an uh, a feature that kind of impacts whether we are attracted to them or not. So, oh, so, so it's sort of subconsciously, yeah, we're looking at a face and saying, "Hey, oh, it's uh, it looks the same in a mirror." Yeah, uh, and, and then we're attracted to them. Huh. Not in the mirror. I think about like, that. Symmetric. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, left huh. to right, right yeah, to left yeah, yeah. is the same. Huh. Correct.